Welcome back to Basketball is Religion. I am your host, Big Matt, joined today by the Gons. It is right after the trade deadline, NBA trade deadline 2023 has passed. Boy, it was a doozy. Gons, how has your week been? It's been great, man. And today, basketball's religion trade deadline is like Christmas for us, man. It is, um, there's just so much to talk to. So many teams got better. It's just, there's so many moves made. I think this definitely has been one of the most active trade lines, trade, trade deadline days in, in years. A hundred percent. I wasn't anticipating a lot a lot of moves. I was very pessimistic. I think I mentioned that last podcast or two podcasts ago. But yes, we had a, a lot of moves. A lot of moves. Let's get we already did we already discussed the, the first domino to drop. The bigger one was the Kyrie Irving to Dallas. The first game that Kyrie Irving had with the with the Mavericks without Luka Doncic, they end up beating the Clippers in LA. Um, as we're recording this on, on Wednesday. So, yeah, so good move by by Dallas, as we talked about a few days ago. Uh, the following day, we had a smaller Kessler, Ed, Kessler Edwards to Sacramento, a small, smaller Steph Dwayne Denman to San, to San Antonio. Again, nothing really big. Followed by the following day, the next big one for the Lakers. Um, I guess we'll just go in order because it was a lot. Um, February 8th, um, the, the Lakers got D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. Minnesota got Mike Conley Jr., Nikhil Alexander-Walker, uh, Juan Toscano-Anderson, uh, Damian Jones, and three second-round picks. And Utah got Russell Westbrook and the Lakers' 2027 first-round pick, which is top-four protected. Gons, what was, your, what was your reaction to this Lakers trade? I think they got better. Um, I, I Westbrook just wasn't a good fit, and it took... It took months and months and years and years to figure that out. Um, and I, I, you know, just watching the last few games of turnovers, forcing the issue, missing layups, not hitting a jumper if your life depended on it. Um, it, it there was no upside. Now with D'Angelo, he can shoot at the three. He's a decent field goal percentage shooter, not just at three. Um, he can handle the ball. He could. Yes, there's some weaknesses there, right, Matt? Um, I, I've watched him before, and unless things have changed, when he was on the Lakers, he didn't play a lick of defense. Um, so that would have to change. And he's just he's not super fast and up tempo, um, which which could be a good thing. I mean, he slows the ball down better for a half court offense with LeBron and AD, where Russell is just a green light go kind of guy. Um, so I I'm I'm happy. Is is could things have gotten better? Maybe, but you got to remember, nobody wants to trade or do business with the Lakers. So I think for what they got, I'm satisfied. For the Lakers to get uh, the rumors going around was Mike Conley, Jared Vanderbilt, and Malik Beasley for Russell Westbrook in two first round picks. I think there were some people on Twitter, some prognosticators out there. Oh, you're going to need one first round pick to get rid of Westbrook, one first round pick to in order to get Jared. Uh, to Malik Beasley or Jared Vanderbilt, but Rob 
Palinka did his magic involving the Timberwolves, and here we are, kind of getting rid of Westbrook and only surrounding one first-round pick, which is top four protected. So say the Lakers tank really badly in 2026, they could still potentially have a top four pick if, they, if they're if they really that bad. So yes, getting rid of Westbrook, that's the biggest plus for the Lakers. If you saw that last game, LeBron James broke the record as, as we had talked about pre- previously. Yes, he did score a lot of points, but all it's just empty stats. It all ended up being empty stats, and the Lakers lost that game. So I agree with you. The Westbrook experience in L.A. was just a big failure, big dud. Um, we'll get to another failure as far as the franchise goes in this, in later, later on in this podcast. But, yeah, I'm glad the Westbrook experiment's gone. Uh, I, we were joking with Vahid in our group chat that Westbrook's going to get most likely bought out. Uh, by the Utah Jazz, and most likely he'll be signing with the Clippers, which we'll get to in a second. But yeah, Westbrook being gone is great. Like he's like D'Angelo Russell, he is matured um, after all that whole Nick Young incident. So yes, he is. He was inexperienced. He is a little bit slower, but it, like he but he does not have more experience now. So being a lockdown shooter is one of the reasons why he can't be here. Plus, he could be a secondary ball handler. Malik Beasley, knockdown three-point shooter, one of the best in the league. And then Jared Vanderbilt, just energy, um, wing stopper, interior defender off the bench. So the Lakers did a great job here with this trade. Let's move on because there's a lot of trades to get to. Um, later in the night, Josh Hart went to the Knicks um, for Cam Reddish and a few other players. Don't really need to get into that one. Uh, Josh Hart reunites with uh, Jalen Brunson, who were teammates at the University of Villanova. Oh, boy. Then here's the big one. As well, okay, before we get to the big one, Yaka Pertle went to Toronto. We'll get to Toronto in a second. But the big one, we were at 10, it's 10.30 uh, Pacific time. We're all about to sleep. I think you're asleep already, Gons, because we were just talking about this in group chat. It was 1.30 on the East Coast when we had Kevin Durant was traded from the Brooklyn Nets to the Phoenix Suns with TJ Warren uh, for Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, Four first-round picks, 2023, 2025, 2027, and 2029, and a 2028 first-round pick swap. Gons, 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 gons. We had mentioned this as a previous podcast, potentially Kevin Durant going to going to the Suns. We touched on it a little bit. What are your thoughts now that it actually happened? I think they're the clear favorite in in the NBA to win a championship. Um, with Devin Booker, with Chris Paul, and Kevin Durant, like that's the perfect situation. Again, yeah, Chris Paul is old, but he's a true point guard. Um, and does the little things, and he has a little mid-range jumper floater thing that he does, right? That's proven to be effective. And then you have Devin Booker, kind of the two guard, just there could get streaky hot and then you got Kevin Durant. I, I just don't know how this team would lose. Um at, on top of that, you have Monty Williams as a great coach. It's scary, Matt. It's just scary. Does their lack of depth concern you? Yes, because unfortunately I have to agree with you that they're the favorites now at coming out of the West. But does their lack of depth concern you at all? Because they did get rid of um Michaela Bridges and Cam Johnson um to to make this trade happen they're gonna suffer a little bit on defense uh but the the amount of scoring they get and it's not like kevin durant's a bum he's super long they call him durantula for a reason 
He can play defense. Yes, he's had some injuries, but I don't see it being that big of a concern that would still diminish them from being the clear favorite to win the title. Injuries concern you at all? Chris Paul got over an injury. Um, Dur- Durant, of course, is coming is going to be coming back from an injury, and Devin Booker's, of course, coming back from his injury. That's just why the the Suns are doing so badly. Um, any any injury concerns with the Suns? Hey, look, and you guys thought I was silly in the group chat, but when you have a team like this and this opportunity, players find a way not to get injured. And and Rahul was making fun of me, saying, "Oh, well, you can't control that." Well, yeah, you can. You can take time to stretch. You can do more PT. You can do all kinds of stuff to minimize injury. And I think all of that's going to be utilized here because they know what they have. So I don't see injury come into play here. Of course, freak accidents happen. But, I mean, what are the odds that they happen to the same player again? And they tear another ACL? Can, you know, like what the odds are, are, are in their favor. So, no, I don't think. Anything aside of maybe an ankle sprain or something minimal will will come into play. And if it does, you have enough manpower there to will your way to let the other player rest a couple games if need be. What do you think of the haul that Brooklyn got for Kevin Durant? That's a prime defender, one of the best wing defenders in the league in Mikhail Bridges, another good wing defender in Cam Johnson. Yes, they also got, got rid of Jay Carter in that deal, but then four, four first-round picks – and a pick swap in twenty twenty eight. How do you how do you evaluate the how Brooklyn did with that with that deal? Could they have gotten more, or was this oh. the best that they could have done? I mean, I think they could have got more for for Kyrie. I was shocked at what they got, but with Durant, I mean, they got a three first round picks. They got young players. They got a young core. They're doing exactly what we had talked about. They're rebuilding. They're doing it the right way. They're saying this is the way we're going to do it. And we're going to say we're tired of these guys' just personalities. And the garbage that they want us to put up with. Now, I, I, I honestly thought Simmons would be moved too. Is he a free agent next year? Like, what? I, I don't see him in that piece. I would get rid of him too because that's the last piece of poison on that team that did not work well together. And everyone else is. You put a good coach. All these players play hard. Um, and shout out to is it is it Cam Smith the the player that's been putting up 40, 40 pieces the last couple games? Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas. Great start there, and you got some young, some young defensive stars. I, I think, I think they did it the right way. I think they could have got a little more, but at the end of the day, they're gonna rebuild. And hey, even if they, if they lose here, uh, which I would strategically do, I think that they're gonna get, you know, they could get get a couple pieces in the draft. So they're up and coming for sure. Success for them. It's you mentioned it earlier. Like, why do you have that haul for Kyrie Irving where you get Spencer Dinwiddie and DFS uh, Dorian Finney-Smith and a first-round pick when you could have had two from the Lakers? Like, if you're looking to rebuild and not to win, then don't you try to get those two first-round picks from the Lakers instead of getting two solid guys but not great and one first-round pick? is Was there just a change of belief? Was it just a mess-up by Joe Sy and Sean Markson on Brooklyn's end? Or was there... You know, is he trying to speak out of his two ends of his body? Like, why was there two separate approaches to these uh, superstar trades? I have no answer for you there. The only thing I can think of is they wanted some veteran leadership with this young core. Um, 
or I, I don't know. I don't see them winning to do them any benefit here. Um, but I do see developing and, and getting your young guys to come aboard and you got, you got some now some veterans that are still young with Phoenix. You got some, you got those other veterans. So I guess you got to have the right mix of players and, and maybe they feel this mix of players would be great for the young talent they have and what they're going to acquire to succeed. I mean, that's all I can think of there. Yeah, it's so weird. It's so weird what they did and how they approached this trade deadline. Because if you're looking for the future, you could have maximized your picks. They gave away they gave away a lot of picks to Houston for James Harden. Yes, they were they're planning it with this Durant trade, but you could have done more with that Kyrie trade than just getting what they got. Like they they have a bunch of three and day three and D wings. They kind of remind me of the Clippers. It's all just wing guys and not really anything else. You have some a point guard of maybe what Patty Mills and now Cam Thomas and yeah. So yeah, so may, you might be right. They might just be building around Cam Thomas after he put up three games of over forty points for uh, for someone that young. Great job by them. Um, we'll see what happens with the Nets going forward. So as far as others other trades trades, there wasn't any big like bombs that happened during the actual trade deadline day. It was just that. Uh, the Westbrook trade, the Irving trade, and the Durant trade happened the day before. So going over the date, like it was just smaller bombs that happened, honestly, during the trade deadline. You had Mike Muscala going to Boston. Um, you had Jay Carter going to Milwaukee. The Lakers getting Thomas, uh, the Lakers trading away Thomas Bryant uh, for Devin Reed in th- three second round picks. Um, we had just heard uh, from Ramona Shelburne on ESPN that Thomas Bryant was um, not happy with the playing time he was getting once AD got back. So they were looking to trade him. So the Lakers end up getting three first-round picks and Devin Reed, who I don't really know who that is. Um, again, just smaller smaller picks, uh, smaller trades. Detroit end up getting James Wiseman. Uh, Atlanta got Sadiq Bey. Uh, Gary Payton Jr. Gary Payton II went back to Golden State. Um, then five second-round picks to, to Portland. Uh, the Lakers got Mo Bamba and traded away Pat Beverly. Uh, Mason Plumley went to the Clippers now, and Charlotte went re- and got Reggie Jackson. Um, the L- Memphis got Luke Kennard. Uh, the Clippers got Eric Gordon. Houston got John Wall back and Danny Green. John Wall going back to Houston's hilarious. I can't believe that happened again. Uh, New Orleans got Josh Richardson. Uh, Oklahoma City got Dario Saric. And Phoenix got Darius Baisley. And then Houston got Justin Holiday, Frank Kaminsky, and Atlanta got uh, Garrison Matthews and Frank uh, Bruno Fernando. So a lot of smaller trades, nothing gigantic. But does anything uh, that happened on the trade deadline day outside of the big ones we had already talked about, you know, kind of piqued your interest and in something you want to talk about? Um, I mean, Clay Thompson is playing out of his mind, and now you added Gary Payton Jr. back. I think that's a solid move for them. Very solid move. They're going to be climbing up the West as well. They're also very dangerous. I know you, you know, you think about Durant and Booker and Paul, but hey, you got Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Jordan Poole, Draymond Green. Like they're 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 up there too. Like I I wouldn't sleep on the Warriors, man. Um, Steph Curry think, is injured, though. He'll be out for the next few weeks, and they're sitting at five hundred. Yeah. Do you? Th- is there any question that the the Warriors will fall off without Curry? Do you think with their core oh, oh, no. they'll be fine? 
Clay Thompson's playing out of his mind right now. I don't, I don't, I, they're just going to climb up the ranks. And Gary Payton Jr. is going to help. Um, I think it was a great move for him. It's what they needed to stay where they need to be seed wise and to climb up that ladder. And this is going to be tremendous for them in the playoffs. Um, so I think that was a great move. Great, great, great move for the Warriors. Any other trade deadline moves pique your interest? That was one for sure, man. Um, I, I don't know that I like the plum leaf or Reggie Jackson. I've, I've watched a few Clipper games. You guys joke that I'm a Clipper fan. And I, I am to an extent, you know, I'm a fan of Paul George and I like Leonard. Well, you um, kind of have to be a fan too. You have um, a, a, someone in your family working for the organization or worked for the organization. So, you know. Yeah, and I remember those fun days where I got to go with her to the game and I get to meet the players. I got to meet Chauncey after the game and Blake Griffin. And I mean, I've had a lot of experiences with the Clippers, but of course I'm a Laker fan at heart first and foremost. But I mean, why? I know Reggie Jackson's been struggling, but Mason Plumlee, like, isn't he like, I don't know how he's doing on Charlotte, but I just thought that was kind of, I don't know about that one, man. Um, I guess... I'm I'm shocked that the Pistons are giving up a Knox, you know, um, a little bit early, uh, but I mean, more and more power to the Warriors there too. I'm curious to know, um, that there's some players here that I haven't really followed. Like, I want to know what. For the Atlanta Hawks, like Garrison Matthews and Bruno Fernando, have you followed them? I don't really don't know their games. So I'm curious to see what's going on there, man. Um, and Bones Highland, I watched him play. He he's a up and coming baller. He can shoot, like he can flat out shoot the ball. And this is off me merely watching the few games. I think they played the Lakers and the Clippers. Um, and it's man. Oh, and, and I don't want to say the Clippers got really, really good here, but I don't know. Uh, as a, I, I like that. Yeah, move for Bo- Bones is fine. Well, he he'll be a good spark plug off the bench for sure. Like I'm just, we're all still joking with Fahid in chat that Russell Westbrook's gonna get bought out, and then he's gonna end up going to the Clippers, and then Reggie Jackson's gonna get bought out by the by the Hornets, and he'll he's gonna be the one to go to the Lakers. So. That's maybe such a small trade there. But I would love me some Reggie Jackson right. on the Lakers. I don't know. I would like, love. Him. Well, we could talk about, you know, buyout candidates. You know, in a couple of weeks when that kind of happens more, um, before March first, I believe is when the deadline is for buyout guys. Um, like I, I guess the ones off the top of my head. Would you rather have Reggie Jackson or Danny Green? Right now, Reggie Jackson because he can score. Uh, Danny Green's a three and D guy. Reggie Jackson is a little bit more. He he could get into he could get into the lane. He gets fouled. He can take over at certain parts of the game to spark offense for you. Danny Green, if he's cold, he's cold. He's a streaky shooter. We saw that on the Lakers. So no, I, I would rather have Reggie Jackson hundred percent. Reggie Jackson or Will Barton? I would still take. I I've watched a lot of Clipper games. I've seen. When these guys were hurt, Reggie Jackson was putting a 20-piece, 25-piece game. Like, guy can score. I like Reggie Jackson. Yeah, I mean, 
I mean, you always need a spark plug off the bench for any team, that's for sure. So before we get in kind of like we are in Laker country, we are both Laker fans, so we'll get into that in a second. But as far as teams that didn't make any real moves, the Toronto Raptors, for all the bluster and all the tweets and all the stories and all the rumors that we heard about OG Ananobi or Pascal Siakam getting traded, they they end up buying. They end up getting Jakob Pertl from the from the Spurs, which is actually a reunion now for Jakob Pertl when they traded him and DeRozan for Kawhi Leonard all those seasons ago when they won the championship. So Jakob Pertl's back in Toronto. And then the Chicago Bulls, who are kind of in no man's land, whether they should be should be trading or they should be selling or they should be buying, nothing really happened with them. They stood pat. Nothing for they didn't try to add anyone or try to sell anyone off. Just maybe get like a you know AD for like a Levine trade. Nothing happened with those two teams. Didn't happen with Cleveland too. But I want to focus more on I guess those three teams: Toronto, Chicago, and Cleveland. Cleveland didn't try to add anyone to their team either. So what's what's going on with with Toronto? What are your thoughts on the Toronto Raptors specifically? Let's start off with them. Why didn't they make a move? Why do you, and why didn't they make a move? Because it was all, all every every article you read, there were, something was going to happen to OG Ananobi and didn't happen. I think that where they're at, they're just throwing the white flag. I just think they're going to lose here. I don't. I, I think they're going to go for the picks. Um, I, I, I they're strategically just going to lose. I don't. They just don't have enough talent in my eyes. So the Chicago Bulls, though, like do something, right? They're just in the middle. And are they waiting for Lonzo Ball to get back and everything will go back to what it was before his injury? Like Chicago, what what do you think they should have done? They're going to go opposite. There, I, I feel like they feel like they have enough talent on that team and a good coach. I think they've just struggled, Matt. Um, and I'm come on, I, I'm, I'm looking at their lineup right now. I mean, Drummond, yeah, he's slowed down, but he could still be a solid book. Vucevic, um, you got Caruso. I don't know how Drogic does. Kobe White's playing great for what, what it is, and then you still have Zach Levine and DeRozan. Like, that's not a team that I would give up on. I just think they've struggled. They're in the playoff race right now. And I, I, I think sometimes, Matt, that instead of saying we need to trade and make trades and risking the chemistry that that causes, because you know that disrupts team locker rooms, the Chicago Bulls said, we're not going to do that. Maybe we've already had some chemistry issues and maybe we're finally starting to get it together. We're going to ride with what we have. I think if they would have made a trade, the amount of time it would have taken the person to adjust the chemistry to balance out by that time, they may be out of the playoffs. So in this case, I think they made the right move. Stay with what you got. I think you got enough talent and you have a good coach there, Billy Donovan to climb up the seed. The East is just more wide open now with Kevin Durant out. Um, I think they did. Okay. Oh boy. Okay. So to, to, Man, Chicago, I, th- I think they should have sold. But again, that's just we, we have differing opinions on the Bulls for sure. Um, to put a, a bow on, especially on, on my end of the for the trade deadline stuff before we get to the Lakers, I thought Mike Muscala going from OKC to Boston, they just added another three point shooter. And it's kind of in, in a, a tall three point shooter. And if you're looking, if you watch LeBron's. Um, record-breaking game he shot the lights out so for for Boston to get a quality player like Mike Muscala they're going to be very dangerous if they're able to come out of the east and try to try to win the championship so kudos to them for getting something still FTC but you know kudos to them 
let's talk about the Los Angeles Lakers. You, you talked about chemistry with the with the Bulls. You know, with with how bad I guess chemistry was with Russell Westbrook. It was reported to Dave McMinimum that he was a, a vampire in the locker room. He's just sucking the blood out of the Lakers' spirits. And then you had um, Brian Windhorst saying that they just had to get rid of him. They had to get rid of you know the the trouble. They they, they might have even even waived him. If um if he had if they end up not finding a trade partner for him, so it was really bad vibes uh, for the Lakers. So going into after the trade deadline, no like D'Angelo Russell, Beasley, Vanderbilt won't be playing tonight um, against the Bucks, but they will be playing Saturday. Um, so let me pull up their lineup now. How the Lakers look after the trade deadline? At guard, they have. A point guard, D'Angelo Russell, Dennis Schroeder. Shooting guard, they have Austin Reeves, Lonnie Walker, De- uh, Malik Beasley, and then the Devon Reed. Um, uh, small forward, LeBron, uh, Troy Brown Jr., Max Christie. Power forward, Roy, Roy Hat- uh, Rui Hachimura, and Jared Vanderbilt. At center, you have Anthony Davis, Mo Bamba, and Wenyan Gabriel. Gons, how do the Lakers do overall? Uh, are they a be- are they better than a play-in team that you know? I've I've heard from a lot of the different um, prognost- prognosticators online that they're you know a really good play-in team now. What are your thoughts on this Lakers team after this trade deadline? I think that it solidifies them making the playoffs, Matt, versus having the chance of not getting in. Um, I I think they made the right move. Like Thomas Bryant needed to go. Winion Gabriel has been playing great. He's a hustle hustle and bustle type of guy. Um, I think having Schroeder as as point guard, he's he's our starting point guard, right? Is that who you have? Um, well, it, it could be. It's him or D'Angelo Russell. Oh no, 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 no. Okay, my bad. D'Angelo starts. Schroeder's great off the bench, and that's just what Schroeder is now. D'Angelo, he's almost almost an old school point guard where he likes to get assists. He's not a scoring point guard. He can score if he needs to, and he can shoot the three, but he kind of fits the mold of the traditional point guard. Um, he makes the right play, and I think he's that's going to help in turnovers significantly because he doesn't need to score. He just likes to make the right pass. I like that about D'Angelo. So you have D'Angelo and what, Longley Walker at the two, LeBron at small forward, Anthony Davis at the four, and who do you got playing the five? Anthony Davis, Mo Bamba, and Wendon Gabriel are slated for at center. Okay. So two out of those three, and then you have, who do you have, Lonnie Walker and D'Angelo starting, or you have Austin Reeves starting? So starting would be D'Angelo, Austin Reeves, LeBron, Rui, and Anthony Davis. Um, according to this is the uh, uh, depth chart provided by Dave McMiniman from ESPN. It could be adjusted, of course, but as far as their starting lineup projected, that's what he's looking at. I think they're enough to win, Matt. I think I don't think they're enough to win a championship, um, but I think they're enough to make the playoffs. I'm, do I think they're enough to go to the second round of the playoffs? That is yet to be seen um, based on how this team jousts together. And that's all on Darvin Ham. And I am not impressed with Darvin Ham. I have made it vocal how many times we've been up by three and he does not foul where we could have won the game. How many opportunities at the end of the game he can draw something up to make a good attempt versus letting LeBron shoot a three because his legs are tired. Um, He's not doing anything different than Vogel did. 
to be honest with you. Uh, so Ham, like, show me something. Because, yeah, the players like you. You're a player's coach. So was Vogel. Yeah, you emphasize hustle and defense. I'll give you that. That's about it. Ham was playing those three-guard lineups. It was the Russell Westbrook, Dennis Schroeder, and Pat Bev lineups because he thought Pat Bev could be a wing stopper, but he's really short, well, short enough Still for knows. a wing. They were, he kept playing those three-guard lineups, and I'm like, what the heck's going on? Like, place that We have Rui Hachimura now. He played 18 minutes last game or the game before that. Just Now you have the size. You don't. You can't have to play. You don't, she shouldn't have to play that lineup anymore. So hopefully now that the Lakers are have size, they have appropriate size at each position, they might be a little th- a little bit uh, thin in the wing that's why I kind of want to bring in Danny Green I agree with you they're they're a playoff team for sure and if you have LeBron James you have Anthony Davis yes Phoenix got um Kevin Durant but you know you still have the you still have Anthony Davis LeBron James with some pieces around them I agree with you they'll make the playoffs will they make the second round I think I agree with you they'll make the second round you know then then, then you're dealing with uh uh maybe a a Denver team, a Memphis team, and you know the Suns and potentially the Warriors, right? So you got to beat one of those teams. I th- yeah, I think they could beat one of those teams. Oh, well, outside of the Suns again, the Suns is the Suns thing is really weird to me because I, I always have this. Even though the Suns have been owning the Lakers, you know, since that Anthony Davis got hurt in that one playoffs, I just I, whenever LeBron and AD play, I always just feel that there's going to be. Um, some super like they'll be able to beat them regardless but again i kind of have to get over that but yeah the, the lakers are going to be very dangerous um moving forward from here so um there's something else i want to get into oh yeah so with there was a there was a john morant and the memphis grizzlies they've been chirping a lot recently dylan brooks has been doing his dylan brooks thing john morant had an interview recently that said they're not worried about anyone in the West and they were more worried about Boston. And then all this stuff happened with Kyrie coming over with um, KD coming over and he called. um, And then there was another tweet that John Morant said that the Grizzlies were the most hated team in the NBA now. Oh boy. What do you think about the Grizzlies? And do you agree that with John Morant that they're the most hated team in the NBA? Well, are you not bringing up his actions where he drove by the Indiana Pacers and not him but he was in the car and his brother put a laser on the on the team that's a part of it I mean I, I was hoping you're gonna bring that up you're the guns you have all that all, all that stuff that's I, all you look man I don't why why would you do that and yeah I think they banned his player or his brother from all, um, I guess, from all home games for a year or something. The NBA did something like that. But like, I think that's more serious than you think. Like, these players have a laser pointed at them. They didn't know what it is. They got an SUV pulling up. Like, yeah, it wasn't you, but come on, man. Like, I don't like the Memphis Grizzlies. I don't like John Morant just for that. And I don't, I, I his dad chirping, you know, I'm tired of seeing him. His dad bashing him every game, saying, I, I, it's just really ghetto to me, and it doesn't need to be. It's it's bringing down the game, and I don't think the NBA appreciates it or likes it either. Um, and I don't think they're doing themselves any favor. So it, I think, Matt, they're going for the most. They want the hate. They want to go for, like, we're the hated, we're the underdogs, everyone's sleeping on us. 
that's fine. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to help your case. Um, it's a downward spiral for me. I don't, I don't know if they'll recover from everything going on right now. I just think something needs to happen, whether it's a new coach or, or something management to like get these players in check that you're playing for a professional organization. You can't be chirping. You can't be doing this. You can't be doing that. You can't be getting fight in fights. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a poor look for the NBA and uh, I don't think they'll be rewarded with them doing anything in the playoffs. <laughs> Right, the NBA is not going to do them favors. That's one thousand nope. percent. I I agree with that. Are they the most hated team in the league? Yeah, sure, but not hated in a good way. Not hated in like I hate you because you taunt the crowd in a fun way. Like not hate you like the Reggie Miller bow. Hated because like you guys are just you're not a class act. Hate, which is it's like which... are they more hated than the Suns? Even pr prior to the Durant trade. Getting back on the Suns, there is a small chance. I've seen Devin Booker, and he has a little bit of an attitude problem. Um, and we've seen his actions on the court. He's done some cheap shot fouls. There's a chance they may not get along. And I'm giving Chris Paul the benefit of the doubt to keep that glue together as a point guard. But... We know Durant has issues with other players and teammates, and he's have a history of that. I could see there being some sort of friction between them two, and that's where the Phoenix Suns fail. Yeah, the Phoenix Suns, I think, are up there. But ultimately, because they're this team, the Lakers will always be the, probably the most popular, but also in the same vein, the most hated as well, because so many people like them across the globe. You know, with a lot of with a lot of praise, you get a lot of hate. So my 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 opinion would be that the Lakers are probably the most hated. But then, the, as you said, the Grizzlies, by their actions, are definitely working their way up there. And that will be it for us today. That trade deadline, man, it was F five season, refreshing season, scroll down Twitter season. Um, for as weird as Twitter was, you know, a few months ago, we thought it was going to be shut down because of. Elon Musk, but it's still here, still undefeated. That was fun, you know, going through all those smaller trades, but it was still fun to see, t you know, players on the move. I can't imagine it's a lot of fun for a lot of the players because, you know, finding different cities and uprooting your families and all that stuff is tough for them. So as a human level, this must not be a great day for them. But as basketball fans, um, it's, it was, it was great to see a lot of different movement because, you know, sometimes the NBA can get stale with certain teams, um, you know, keeping the same guys and not trying to evolve and try to get better. But, you know, it, it's fun to see players on new teams, I guess that's what I wanted to say. So, I mean, you also had like a guy, like a, like, as far as more, more trade deadline talk, things I didn't get into with the guns, it was John Collins. They were looking to move him for like the last three years and still he's still in Atlanta. Atlanta didn't do anything in the, didn't do anything big in the trade deadline either. So, you know, for as many trades that it did happen with the Lakers kind of rehauling their entire team, there's a lot of, a lot of teams that really should have done something, anything to try to improve their, their standing or worsen their team so that they could have a shot at what Victor Wenbanyama this off season. So, it's been crazy, crazy day, crazy, crazy day. Um, we'll get this up on that Friday to get our reaction pod up, and then we'll try to get into a 
a normal recording schedule going forward. Um, we have our guy on the streets, uh, Josue, in Utah, where the All-Star Game is being held this season. Um, he'll be out there reporting for us. I'll do, I'll do a few pods with him to find out the vibes over there in Utah, which I would, which I heard from him, it was a college atmosphere for the first few weeks of the season um, before they kind of took a nosedive in the standings. So we'll see what happens there with All Star Weekend. If there's anything weird that happens in Utah, again, Utah's not a great city to have a lot of shenanigans in, like a Las Vegas or a Los Angeles or Miami, but you know, the all-star game is there. So we'll see what happens there. Boy, that was fun. Um, well, again, like I, like I said, hopefully record more, more regularly going forward from here. Thank you for the, for the support. Thank you guys for joining me today. Have a great weekend.